This is Rebooty Biblical Perspective coming to you live from the Trinidad Republic of Trinidad and Tobago once again. I am your host, Zane Ilfuego, the Christ Pneumatologist. And co-hosting with me is the lovely... Ketura Bartholomew, Ketura the Lioness. <laughs> I'm also coming to you from the beautiful island of Trinidad. Um, well, we are Trinidad and Tobago. It's always a pleasure to be here with you guys, where we share with you the truths that have probably been hidden for centuries or never talked about. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, this in this in this podcast, as as you all as um as 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 you all will know, this podcast is dedicated to breaking the tradition of reading the New Testament independently and linking the Old Testament for objective context to be able to understand the New Testament through the lens of the authors that actually wrote it actually lens of jesus himself indeed right? blessings and much love to our holy and most precious spiritual gold patrons today what are we going to be speaking about Kelly? today on the menu we are back in the book of john um for you guys who are following would know that we are using the amplified version in these sessions. I'm looking at verse 32. We're going to identify the context of the spirit descending as a dove. Now, if you have never taught about it, um, I would encourage you to ponder on this topic. I guess this is something we read and, you know, we're thinking, well, you know, a dove, what's the big deal of a dove coming out of heaven? Uh, you know, like, all right, it's white, it's pretty, it's quiet. Today, we're going to share with you a lot more truth behind this stuff. Yeah? So let's begin. I'm actually going to read for you verse 32. John gave further evidence, testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. And we're going to talk about two things in particular. When it says he remained upon him also, we are going to shed like a massive torchlight <laughs> yeah. on that context. <laughs> what does it mean when he says it remained upon him? I promise you, this session in particular, your eyes are going to be open and your mouths are going to be open like, wow. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> So, um, can you help us out here? When it says the spirit descends as a dove out of heaven, what more can we get out of that verse? All right, so um, there's a lot more in that in that statement than most people in the Western culture and Western world may be familiar with. Um, remember, um, the authors of these of, of the letters, these Gospels, the New Testament, 
they memorize scripture as their you know cultural and societal practice right uh-huh right so um in that context because they memorized it they speak from the lens of this of this that's 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 like us in the in, in, in our present society speaking and we draw reference to the mathematics that we learned in school and because everybody learned the same mathematics in school everybody understands when you say um when you refer to let's say um a hundred or you might say a millennium because everybody had the same yeah, you say millennium, you say century. Everybody is very familiar with what you, with, with what you're speaking about, right? Mm-hmm. You might say um, x squared, and you might use that in a conversation. Everybody who actually went to school in basic high school or here within the Caribbean, that could be um, secondary school. Mm-hmm. Everybody's familiar with that. They know x squared is actually the same thing multiplied by the same thing. Wait, taking me back to school days, boy. Have me sitting down trying to bust my brain. <laughs> right, right, right. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's it's pretty much, you know, um, what I'm what I'm actually trying to point out here is that for us, our common academic system is the foundation of our system of thought. For them, the study of the Torah, the um, study of the scriptures and the memorization of these things in particular, just as we memorize them, will be the foundation of what they say. So it's it's not really reading it from our lens, it's really trying to understand it through their lens, that the revelation of what they're really saying is revealed. Right. Because right? I mean if I read it through our lens, I by now I'm guess I guess we're all on the same page here. By now we would miss the whole context. Right. Um, right. So, so let's let let's um just take a look at this and see what is actually in that statement. Uh-huh. Right. Hold on to your seats. All right. As we are about to increase the throttle here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it says. He says, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and you remained upon him. Now, the first thing that you notice is he said, I've seen the Spirit descending. descending. Let's just stop right there. Right? So, I'm going to break this up in pieces. Let's speak about, I've seen the Spirit descending. Then, we're going to speak about the dove. Right? And I'm going to link, I've seen the Spirit descending out of heaven. And then, let's take a look at what is the, what is the context of the second, which is the dove. And the dove, and all, and then we link it to it remaining upon him. Now, when I said the spirit descending upon him, uh, when I said the spirit descending, I've seen the spirit descending out of heaven. It is actually this 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 statement goes right back to the, again to the Genesis narrative. Okay, all right. So we're back in the book of Genesis. We're back in the book of Genesis again. No, interesting. We're all the way in Luke. No, John, sorry. I'm going back to Genesis. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. But the word that is actually translated, created, literally means to make fat. To make fat? Yes. Okay. 
in other words, they'll say in the beginning, God made fat, the heaven and the earth. But that is not literal in that method. To make fat is actually to make an animal fat. And to make an animal fat, what you'll do is actually you fill the animal. So what it actually means is that God, in the beginning, God filled the heaven and the earth. Wow. And the heaven and the earth was filled with his spirit. Okay. All right. So we're right? starting to get a little technical. <laughs> so that's heaven and earth. Yeah. Now, we don't need to go through the entire narrative, but basically we know when Adam made his decision, Adam was actually put out of the garden. Yes. And then God said, um, the earth is cursed because of you. Now, what most people do not know, and what they do not, may not actually grasp when reading the English, the English version of the Bible, and in our Western denominational perspectives, is that the man was created out of the dust. And the dust, is out of the dust of the earth, right? Yes. And he was actually called Adam, meaning dirt man. Okay. Right? Adam there meaning dirt man, basically. Right? That's just me paraphrasing. But basically, you can say dirt, right? Or you can say red, dust. Referring to the dust, right? Uh-huh. And the dust but he comes that... out of the ground is actually referred to as the Adama. Okay. All right. So Adam is actually Adama, which means when it says that God blew into the man, man became a living soul, that should read the Adam became a living soul. Therefore, the man is actually the living earth. Because he's actually from the Adama. Therefore, the Adama is now alive because he is now the living earth. Does that make any sense? I'm following so far. All right. Taking it in right. steps. Right. So, therefore, the spirit of God in him is the spirit of God in all the earth because he is the living earth. The spirit of God in him is, is the, the spirit, spirit of, of God, God filling all the earth. Okay. Right, so the spirit of God in him is the spirit of God in all the earth, and so he is now the living earth. I'm saying that again, right? He is the living earth, the, he is the Adam from the Adama, and he's, the Adam is made a living soul, which means he is now the living earth. Now, when Adam made his decision, he was put out of the garden. What people don't know, really, again, another thing that most persons don't know is that the garden was actually referred to Ezekiel by the, as, as the garden of God. And Jesus, the garden of Eden, referred to the garden of God. And Jesus clearly said that God is what? Spirit. God is spirit. Therefore, if you look in the garden of Eden as the garden of God, then the garden of God is the garden of spirit. Therefore, the garden of Eden is the garden of the spirit. So he was put out of the garden of the spirit. Right. And, that's the, and the reason why he's, he, he did that is because he changed he changed who he was born of. Remember, in the previous episodes, we spoke about he being born of God, meaning mm-hmm. he's walking out what God said. And then when they started listening to the serpent in Genesis 3, God now says the seed of the serpent. Right. Right? Therefore, he changed his reference point and pretty much voided himself of the spirit. And therefore... So- placed him and therefore by default he would have placed himself outside of the garden because the garden the garden is is the garden of the spirit and the spirit is actually in his heart and by his decision to use the tree as an external reference point he abandoned the spirit and is now using something else as his inspiration something that he's comparing himself to that 
something that he's measuring himself against. Okay. Following all of this so far, um, you mentioned a while ago that the ground was cursed because of him. Right. So, so that's because... what I'm, so I'm mm-hmm. saying all of that to come back to that context. So when the when when the Adam made a decision he void himself of the spirit, therefore if he, if he void himself of the spirit and he is the living earth, then the entire earth is void of the spirit. Whoa, that is so deep. Think about what I just did. <laughs> 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 I think about what just said there. Because once you understand that, that will change your perspective of your walk in Christ. Let me meditate on that for a while. <laughs> let, me t- let me take two minutes to meditate on, on Adam's death day. <laughs> <laughs> so right? he's the living earth. And he is basically... um. I know we used this word before, like the control center for the earth. Right. But basically, he is the earth as a man. He's the, the earth as rep- a man. Yeah, he is the representation of the entire earth. So if the spirit, if he is void himself, the spirit, he void the entire earth of the, of the spirit. Ah, which, okay. Which automatically means that there's no more spirit in the earth. Because of him. Because of him. Because well, of his decision. Would- this would now make more sense to the reader as they progress in the stories. Why, um, well, I don't want to get in other topics, but it would just make more sense now. The connection, the relation between the earth and Adam, and even now Jesus and the earth. So let's come back to what we're saying here now. Right. So with that, there is an implication in the scripture that the Spirit of God retracted from the earth and went back to the heavens. Because of Adam. And in the heavens. That's because of his decision. It's an, okay. there's an implication. There's an implication because now God is there from, from as, he, as, he, as the narratives proceed. David and those psalmists would say the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And the heavens is the throne of the Lord. Right? So um, it's called the throne of the Lord because the spirit retracted. Yeah, it's an implication from Adam back into the heavens. That the spirit actually retracted to the heavens, and this is actually confirmed where the prophets, those who, the um, the, those those prophets, the prophets of God, before they mm-hmm. actually started ministry, they actually said the spirit came upon, meaning it actually came down from above and it came upon. Right, right, right. Yes. Spirit of the Lord will come upon this one and he will do this and do that and Right. So you can see like in in, in, in Numbers eleven eleven twenty five it it says the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to spoke to him and he took some of the spirit who was upon Moses and, and put put him upon put him upon the seventy elders. The spirit rested upon them. Judges three ten, the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and gave, and, and the Lord gave Kushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and he prevailed over Kushan, um, Kushan Rishathaim. Judges 11 20, 29, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. Right? Judges 14 6, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he tore the lion apart as one tears apart a young goat, and he had nothing, and he had nothing at all in his hand. Right, Judges 14, 19, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. See, all of these references 
Judges 15, 14, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. So it's actually an implication, both with regards to Moses and all of these references. You can go through the, the, the scriptures. That you can go through the scriptures and you see that there is a reference, there's an implication. The Spirit retracted to the heavens, and when he's when and, and the prophet or the person that is representing God, the Spirit or God has chosen to represent him on earth, the Spirit of God came upon these men. Okay. Does that make sense over? It makes sense, yes. And you know, right. something that if if you were to reverse or invert that in Genesis, um, it never mentioned with Adam that the spirit of God will come upon him to do certain things. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it makes sense. Right. So now when you relate relate that to Jesus. Um, what it now what is actually saying is the spirit descending as a dove, descending upon him. So what that is showing, number one, is that the spirit of the Lord has come upon Jesus, just like the prophets of the Old Testament, which which verifies that Jesus was born as a man, not God, but as a normal man. Oh, because it's the same pattern in the Old Testament the with the pattern. prophets. Okay. So if so, anybody who knows the scripture, especially in Jesus's time, hear that they will know for certain that he is a man because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He was not like the Adam and the God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And Paul verifies this by saying that in, in his letters, by saying that he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. The likeness of sinful flesh there meaning powerless. Oh. Right? Sinful not, flesh. Not, not with sin, but powerless like the sinful man. So it goes back to what we mentioned in the previous sessions with the context of sinful flesh there would mean the sin that adam it goes back to genesis where adam gives up his god status now and his nature is now corrupt by and everybody after adam by default is corrupt well not that he did he gave it up he forfeited it by his by the assumption of his authority to decide to define what is functional and dysfunctional on his own okay Right, so he was using something else as his inspiration, something else as his father. So he was serving something else now. So that that's the first thing that it actually mentions there. So if anybody is actually understanding this in Jesus' time and they read this letter, in this um in contrast to the present Western denominational Christian, from the time they read that they'll know that this, this person is a man. Because the Spirit of God came upon him. The second thing that we want to point out here with that is he said, I see the Spirit sending as a dove, which gives even heavier context. So you read the dove, and nobody will probably ask, so why is it in the form of a dove? Again, they're actually drawing upon the context of the scriptures. So to understand that, you need to go to Roman to, to, um, to Genesis chapter 8. All right, the reference of the dove, again. In scripture, I and we encourage the listeners here. Remember that in scripture, wherever it is first mentioned, it is usually given. Once something is named, then the function of it in the context of the scriptures is given, and that is what these men are drawing from. So to understand that, you need to go back to Genesis chapter eight. So let's read yes. from Genesis chapter eight. The story of the flood, Noah. Exactly. So this is where now things start to get. A little, a little deeper. Again, mm -hmm. 
for those who are listening to John in his day, they will understand exactly what we're saying here, right? Yeah. So it says, And God remembered and thought kindly of Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a window blow over the land. Sorry, a wind blew over the land. God made a wind blow over the land and the waters receded. Also, the fountains of the deep, subterranean waters and the windows of the heavens were closed. The pouring rain from the sky was restrained and the waters receded steadily from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters had diminished. On the 17th day of the seventh month, five months after the rain began, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat in Turkey. The waters continued to decrease until the 10th month. On the first day of the, of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of another 40 days, the Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which flew here and there until the waters were dried up from the earth. Now, this is where we get any context of the dove. Then Noah mm-hmm. sent out a dove. This, so, they mentioned dove. Now, in the, in the spirit of the scriptures, as in the the practice of the of the Hebrews, he is now given the context of the dove. What is the functional context of the dove? The use of the dove that even John is now drawing upon. He said, "No, I sent out a dove." Here's the functional com- context to see if water level had fallen before it's fallen below the surface of the land. So then, now let's get some context as to what that is referring to. But the dove found no place on which to rest the sole of her foot, and she returned to him. She returned to him. Um, to the ark. Into the ark. Mm-hmm. He waited another seven days, and again, the dove, um, and then again, and and again, sent the dove out from the ark. The dove came back to him in the evening, and there, in her brick, in her beak, was a fresh olive oil. So no one knew that the water level had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Now, what this is actually referring to is that the dove is actually used as an indication that the water has receded from the earth. Yeah. Now, here's something very important to understand. If you read Genesis chapter 8 and Genesis chapter 9, you'd realize that Noah was actually, sorry, not Genesis chapter 8 and chapter 9, confirms what is mentioned about in Genesis chapter 5 of Noah, where Noah would actually be the one to, to save them from the toil, which was the yes. curse, right? So when God flooded the earth, if you read Genesis chapter 9, Genesis chapter 9 establishes Noah as, in, as, Adam, as the, the next Adam, right? So the first Adam... He was actually the first Adam was flooded, and he establishes Noah as the second, as pretty much like the second Adam, or the next Adam. So the same blessings that was given to the first Adam mm-hmm. is now being repeated to him in different ways. Yes, you see a trend. Right. In Genesis um, one and two, with Adam's function as it relates to the creation, and then now with Noah, what God blesses god blessing him actually giving him and defining his function as well in this new world that exists exactly so if this is actually being done then what the dove is actually being used here for basically is to show that the earth is in function again 
Oh, because in, in Genesis, the earth came out, of, out the waters. of the waters, right? And so is is this and is then, actually put drawing on what God did in Genesis chapter one, that the that the earth is coming out of the waters again, the water is subsiding, and order is coming back. So this order is returning to the to the atmosphere and to the function of the earth. You see? So this functional earth is where the water was covering the land. Right. So when God called the land out of the water, he was basically giving instruction for function with water versus land. Right. Now when he destroys the the earth um, or the land with water, um, the water covers the earth, which means that there's dysfunction. So you're saying that the dove going out, she's going out to see if the earth is functional once more. Exactly. So okay. that's, that's, that is exactly what they mentioned. There's the purpose of the dove, right? The purpose of the dove is um, to see if the water had fallen below the surface of the land. Mm -hmm. And then and it came in, and then you see at the end it says, um, so Noah knew that the water had level had subsided from the earth, which means say Noah being again mentioned the capacity of the Adam or the new Adam starting the to the second world that Peter spoke about in Second Peter in his letters. Said the mm -hmm. first world is destroyed by the waters, and the second world would be destroyed by is reserved unto fire. So Noah is actually the new Adam here. So in that context, all of this is actually in reference to order returning to the earth drawing upon Genesis chapter 1 and chapter yeah Genesis chapter 1 so she so, rests upon earth that is so, so in the case that the earth is now functional again functional. okay so we, we, we look at that to from we go back to John and it says here um where's it was again 32 32 and it says here um, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. What he's drawing upon here is actually actually showing, remember that the man, the first, the first, the first Adam was actually created out of the Adama. So technically the dove was actually going, was actually using in 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 um in with, with Noah to identify the function of the Adama. But the man being created from the Adama was the living, was the living earth. So the dove, John is actually drawing upon, or John the Baptist receives this vision, and John records this vision in his in his gospel, drawing upon the use of the dove in the Genesis narrative to show that Jesus is now functional man. So she resting, she as in the dove, resting upon Jesus is an indication that she is resting upon functional man she's functional man just as it is functional again and the man came to the living earth then resting upon the man this man is an indication that this is now functional man the dove is now resting upon him the dove does not return the dove rests upon him indicating that the earth is now functional again therefore if the man is now the the living earth the dove is now confirming that this is functional man and when you say functional man, you're referring to man functioning in what capacity? Functioning in the way that he was created to function. 
That goes back to Genesis as well. It goes back to Genesis again. Where God tells Adam, or where God actually, the function of Adam there is to act as an authority, as a judge, as, a, as an magistrate. Authority. And this is why Jesus went about teaching what authority. Okay. He gave us he gave authority unto the disciples to do this, authority to do that. Behold, yes. I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Even the centurion said, you are a man of authority. Because this is Jesus' message, because this is actually the functional Adam. So he understands that now he is the authority over the earth. Right, so he is, he is not only the authority over the earth. To say that the authority of the earth is actually detracting or subtracting from the real impact of this, really. Mm -hmm. he, that he is the living earth. So being the living earth, the earth obeys him. Because mm. the Spirit of the Lord in him now fills the earth with the Spirit. So it's now God and God. So he has authority over the earth as the living earth. Does that make sense now? Yes. I mean, it's a lot to connect. <laughs> like I have dots connecting all over. Um, but it does make sense. Right. So that, that is actually the, 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 the context that they're drawing in there. So in that one statement, they are drawing those two contexts together. And the reader or the listener, when this was written, would have understood that perfectly. That we in the Western world, because we read it independently, we come up to our own perspectives. But that, that is actually indicating that one, he's a man, a normal man, because his spirit is descending upon him just as everybody else, all of the Old Testament prophets, which verifies his position as prophet as Moses prophesied in Deuteronomy. And it's the spirit, uh, and then the, the spirit descends upon him as a dove, which is actually drawing upon Genesis eight to show that he is now functional man again. He's functional. He's he's, he's the functional Adam again. Which is why he was, um, which also contributes rather to why he was called the last Adam. Yes. It's in it's in the context of what took place in the Genesis narrative. Yes, ma'am. So okay. Noah was Noah was actually pretty much you could you could see, you could see that Noah was the second, but Jesus is the last. Right. Wow. Right, so, this so, is heavy. You see, you see how much you see. Again, as I and I reiterate, I reiterate again that these are the things that they. John's counterparts in his time and those who have, would have read this would have understood so that by that one statement they understand who, who, who this person is and what this person is yeah that's a lot that's um what, what do you think about that well I mean there's a lot to think on it <laughs> I'm trying to connect the dots now as it relates to us so understanding that all right a dove is not just a dove as we saw it the function of the dove and the answer for it is right in the scripture is the most amazing part of it mm -hmm. so a dove as you were identifying the um had a particular function mm -hmm. it served its function landing descending out of the heavens which also is the next function 
Right. So the, the heavens is indicating that the spirit resided in the heavens, right. came out of the heavens, and landed on Christ. Not on landed, man. descended. As descended, a, descended sorry. Came, came upon him. He didn't right. landed. It's not just spirit coming out as just one dove. It's actually descending from heaven upon him. And what you see in that in Jesus' crucifixion by his death on the cross, what you're actually seeing by his death on the cross, according to what Paul wrote in the Colossians, is that he connected heaven and earth again, reconciled all things in heaven and all things in earth. So in Jesus, this is why Jesus now, whereas in the Old Testament they would say, um, the heavens is the Lord and the earth he is given to the sons of men. Which indicates, which is actually indirectly speaking about that separation. Uh -huh. Jesus, when he speaks to the disciples, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. So in him, as the last as the last Adam, in him, everything is back where, where it was supposed to be. So okay. in him, all heaven and earth, we are now the living heaven and earth. No more separation. That's that's what I was getting at. So as it relates to us now, just as Jesus, the Spirit descended upon him, we who are in identification with him, with Jesus, um, we also bear that same authority. We bear the same authority, being the same thing that Adam was being more than the Adam and the God. We bear, the, we bear authority. We bear the authority in heaven. But more importantly, do not, do not um, diminish in any form or fashion to all listeners. Do not diminish this. This is not just mere authority. This is mere authority because of what you are. We in Christ have become the living heaven and we have become the living earth. Therefore, because of us, the Spirit fills the earth and fills everything in Christ. Being the person of Christ, the Spirit fills all heaven and earth. So we are the living heaven. And we are the living earth. So because the spirit is connected to us, the, the entire earth is actually filled with spirit. So it's not like we have to look up to the heavens to expect Father to descend again. <laughs> he no. has already um, no, been given to us. No, it's, 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 it's nothing like that anymore. The mere fact that Jesus said all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He's actually drawing from the fact that he's born of he's born of heaven, and we in Christ, in the, as a person of Christ, are also born of heaven. But we've also become the living earth, just as the first, just as the first Adam also. So he has authority. The first Adam becomes the living earth, and has authority over all things in, in the garden. He's given authority over it, or authority over things of the garden of the spirit, and now. In Christ, we are now given authority because just as the Adam is very is a very a very important thing to understand this because if the man came out from the Adam from the Adama, then and made a living soul, a living organism, then if he's coming out from the Adama being a living organism, then the earth is actually a no living organism because of the spirit presence of the spirit of God in it. So now for us in Christ. The earth is no longer just dry, arid earth. The earth is now filled with the Spirit of God. And if we are living organism, as in person of Christ, all spirit in heaven and in earth, 
authority in heaven and on earth as a person of Christ, then the entire universe is a living organism for us. Is the organism is a living organism because it's filled with the spirit. It's alive. So we can see it as something, you know, how well we have been taught in schools. You have living and non-living things, and um, basically identifying that there is no a science. We have been taught in science. There is no living and non-living things like a rock, because it is the earth is a living organism. Everything now because of that. So the, our okay. perspective has to be different from that perspective. Yes. All right, gotcha. All right, what we learned in school has been taught from the perspective of separation because of the codependent identity. It's taught from the perspective of the codependent identity. When we come into Christ, then it's no longer from the perspective of codependent identity. We renew our minds to a self-existent identity. And in this case, as I said, and I say again, what we're looking at here is that exactly everything is okay. now a living organism because the spirit that we have been given the spirit and because we are made of the dust being made living organisms like the ad being the adam made being made of a living organism the spirit in us is connecting the earth and therefore made living organism the earth is also a living organism for us also because of the presence of the spirit so in the context of the curse it says the curses the earth is cursed because of you. Mm -hmm. As Genesis three, for us is the earth is blessed because of us. Mm, so if we're looking at the earth through that lens of curse, then we're back in. Um, then basically we have just identified ourselves with fallen Adam. Exactly. To say that the earth is cursed. To see yourself as a sinner and all of that is to, is to see yourself like that. Yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Better <laughs> yeah. to so, not go down that road. Yeah, so in, the, in this in this one line, we see here it says, "I've seen the spirit descending as a as, as as a dove out of heaven." All of these concepts, and for those and for the listeners of this of this episode, I would encourage you to if I encourage you to repeat this episode because these are different things that. They would have understood, and it it'll be beneficial for you to understand it also. It definitely would understanding this would change your paradigm, and also change your interfacing with the spirit, and not interfacing with the spirit as this abstract spirit that's somewhere out in the heavens and somewhere in you, but that the presence of the spirit in you is the presence of the spirit in the earth, and this is exactly what Paul has been saying that all creation is waiting. Is, is awaiting this, the manifestation of the sons of God. Yeah. That is awesome. All right. So on that note, that brings us to the 39-minute marker. I want to, again, um, I encourage the listeners to repeat this episode to grasp these concepts. I know these concepts would be new. Yeah, and please ask the questions. I mean, because this probably is stirring quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Please feel free to, um, no, not only feel free, but we kindly ask that you, when, where this is posted on, 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 on Patreon, that you um, kindly 
comment your takeaways from the session. Also comment how this session has impacted you. And do not hesitate to post your questions. We will respond to those questions. In, we'll definitely respond to those questions in upcoming episodes. Yeah. All right. So again, this is Rebootable Local Perspective. What we covered there today, push the power button of the hard drive of your mind and reboot your biblical perspective. Don't try to reconstruct it. Reboot it. Shut, <laughs> shut, down, shut, shut down the old perspective and reboot it. And walk out and walk out the knowledge of God tangibly and practically. Reboot your biblical perspective. Boom. And Buddha.